You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. You know, I'm so grateful for Cornerstone Word of Life Church. And uh, I'm going to get you to say amen on that one. I'm so grateful for Cornerstone Word of Life Church. You know, uh, in July, I will start my 17th year here at Cornerstone. Hey. Not where I was going with that, but praise God. I'll take it. Hallelujah. And uh, one thing I've always loved about Cornerstone, they're just, I've got an illustration for this morning, and it just works better with this so you all can see it. One thing I love about Cornerstone is it's, it's made up of many things. Thank you, gentlemen. But really, there's two things that make Cornerstone Cornerstone. Number one's the Word of God. Amen. Not man's opinion. Not uh, what Pastor Mark and Pastor Rhonda think but the unbridled word of God that sets us free, that grows us in who we are, that helps us overcome the issues and the situations that we face every single day in our life. But also, what I love about Cornerstone Word of God is we're a church who loves the move of the Spirit. I'm grateful for pastors who contend for the flow and the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. You know, lots of times they tell you that you can't grow a church if you have an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Well, you can grow a church without the Holy Ghost, but it's going to be a weak church. It's going to be a defeated church. And the Bible says that he's coming back for a glorious church. Hallelujah. And one of the only ways that I found to stay free from sin is allow the Holy Spirit to purge me on a daily basis. And when I get the Word of God and the Holy Spirit working together, it's amazing how I can walk in a life of victory. And so this morning, we're going to talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit. And it's amazing. And I was praying a couple weeks ago, and it was actually at noon prayer, and the Lord began to deal with me about some stuff. And so I didn't have my phone or my my laptop or anything like that. And so I began to just grab a a pen and paper. Y'all remember what that is? (laughs) Hallelujah. And, And I just began to write all these notes. And I wrote down three things about the Holy Spirit. I wrote down how when we have the Holy Spirit, uh, he will draw all men to Jesus Christ through us. I wrote down, when we have the Holy Spirit, he'll help keep the crud out of our lives. And then when we have the Holy Spirit, he'll bring insight to us as to who we are and how we're supposed to live. Now, those three points might sound familiar to you because it's almost exactly what Pastor Mark preached last week. And I was sitting in the sound room and he's back there preaching. I'm like, shh. You know, that's the message the Lord gave me. And so it was interesting. He preached it, and we're going to look at a lot of the same things, maybe just at a different angle. But God's really trying to communicate something to us. Amen. And what he showed me last night when I was praying, this was so interesting. One thing he showed me is, is too many believers treat the church like a locker room. You know what a locker room is? When, you know, you go out on the football field or the soccer field or whatever sport it is, and you come in there and you change, right? And you take your cleats and, or whatever, gym class. You go into gym class, you take your school clothes off, you put them in the locker room, you put your gym clothes on, you go out to gym, you get all nasty and sweaty, you come back in and you change. And a lot of Christians are treating church this way. We come into church, we put our church clothes on. We listen to the Word of God. We fellowship with the Holy Spirit. But then, when we're about to leave, we take all that stuff off, we put it in the locker room, and then we go out and we live. Listen, we're not supposed to put the Holy Spirit in a locker and then try to live our lives. The church house is not the only house where we should have the move of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The move of the Holy Spirit should be in our house. The move of the Holy Spirit should be in our cars. And so we have to make a conscious effort when we leave today. You know what? I'm taking the Word of God with me. I'm taking the Holy Spirit with me. 
Amen. I love it. You know, we spend time walking with our children, praying in the Holy Ghost. Samuel calls it whisper pray. <laughs> you know, because for whatever reason, whenever we pray in the Holy Spirit in our house, we get, ah, he'll walk up to me, Daddy, can you whisper pray? Yeah, yeah, son, I can whisper pray. Hallelujah. But what am I saying? We take the Holy Spirit with us. Jesus said, I will send you a helper. The helper is the Holy Ghost. And when you try to live life without the Holy Spirit, you live life without the helper. And when we live without help, we get into trouble. Amen. So let's begin to look at this. Number one, power from knowing the Holy Spirit. Well, over in Acts, we're going to talk about how God will draw people to himself through you. Over in Acts 1.8, it says, but you will receive power. Everyone say power. Power. Woo, I love power. Hallelujah. We're doing some electrical work at our house right now. My wife, you know, we talked and prayed about it, and we wanted to do some remodeling. And I don't know if there's any, you know, men who like to do construction in the house. But, uh, you know, when she said, let's remodel, I was, like, excited but not excited because I knew that... That meant I had to do some stuff. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so right now I'm, I'm part-time pastor, part-time electrician. <laughs> Praise God. And lucky the house hasn't burnt down yet. And so anyways, I, I'm doing some electrical wiring. And, and I figured, you know, I'm going to test this before I start messing with this power. And so I went and I turned off the breaker for the outlet that I was supposed to be testing. And I was like, well, I'm not sure how to test it. So I'm going to use one of my children's nightlights to test it. And I grabbed one of the nightlights out of the room and I plugged it in and and there was no light. And so I was like, praise God, there's no power here. And so I started working with it and messing with it. And I got the outlet hooked up. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to test it again. I go back into the garage. I flip the breaker on. I come back and I look look at the nightlight. And guess what? There's no light. And I'm like, man. Maybe I wired it wrong. And so I start investigating and start thumbing around, and I look at this nightlight, and it's a photocell nightlight, which means the room has to be dark before the light will come on. So when I tested it to see if there was power there, I was working with a nightlight that had to be in a completely dark room to tell me if I had an hot outlet. So I'm sitting here working with live power. Like, yeah, you know, the breaker's off. Glory to God. <laughs> Nothing wrong. But you know, if I would have came in contact and, and touched two of those wires that still had electricity flowing through it, I may have felt something. <laughs> you know, there would have been something where, you know, Robert may have been changed for a moment in time. Everything would have been altogether different. Listen to me. When you come in contact with the power of the Holy Spirit, everything becomes altogether different. Now, what's interesting is when we lose fellowship with the Holy Ghost, we, we, we go from the power of God and we slip back into normal. Listen, there's nothing normal about you. Amen. You're a powerhouse for the kingdom of God. And you need to see yourself that way. And when you have constant fellowship with the Holy Spirit, it's like you're continually touching those wires together. And you're like, man, I'm just this this normal person. No, I'm not. Hallelujah. You know, and that's what happens when you come in contact with the Holy Spirit. You're like, well, I guess we're just not going to be able to pay our bills this month. Yes, you are. See, you start spending in fellowship and time with the Holy Ghost, and then all of a sudden, all that negativity leaves you. But the reason why God has given you this power is so, A, you can be successful, but then also, you can be a witness. So over here, he says, but when you receive the power, the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Everyone say witnesses. Telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, to Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit gives us power and boldness to be a witness. Over here in Acts 5, chapter 12, verse 16, or uh, chapter 5, verses 12 through 16, this is after the day of Pentecost. All right, and so it says here, it says, uh, out of the NIV version, the apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people. 
And all the believers used to meet in this Solomon's whatever treehouse right there. And no one else dared to join them, even though they were women or they were highly regarded by people. Nevertheless, more and more women, men and women, believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, the people brought the sick to the streets and laid them on bed mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them. Wow, as he passed by, crowds gathered also from the towns in Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. Wow, now we all know Peter's story. We remember before uh, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, he was standing by the campfire, and he began to deny Jesus, deny Jesus, deny Jesus. Then we know he went into the upper room, and they received the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says once they received the infilling of the Holy Spirit, they ran out into the streets, and what they begin to do? They began to witness about Jesus Christ. Right? That's in Acts chapter 2. Now we hear three, three chapters later, we still then see them preaching God's word, and it says that all. Someone say all. All of them were healed. Listen to this. When you get full of the Holy Spirit, you don't have to force it out. It just comes out. See, lots of times when we're at Walmart and Kroger, hallelujah, and somebody needs ministered to, it's like we're trying to force things. But if we just be full of God, things will naturally or supernaturally happen. See, and so here we see the disciples, and you see Peter going from denying Jesus to all of a sudden preaching Jesus, and he's so full of God now that his very shadow, come on now, getting so full of the living God that people are being blessed by his shadow. What is that? That's the power of the Holy Spirit. And notice this. It said that they started to bring people to them. You need to have an expectation that while you're at work, people are going to come to you. Why? Because you have the power. You need to have an expectation when you're at school that people are going to come to you. Why? Because you have the answers. Why? Because you know the Holy Spirit. Over in Acts chapter 13, verse 52, and it says, And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. See, that's the key right there, our fellowship with the Holy Ghost. Being sure that we stay full of him. Everyone say, I'm full. Why is it important? Zechariah 4, 6, he said unto them, this is the word of the Lord of that dude right there, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. At some point in time, you're going to come to the end of you. And when you come to the end of you, it's either going to get bad or better. And the way it gets better is because you begin to realize, listen, I'm at my end here, but I'm tapped into something that has no end. So when someone walks up to you, I remember one time when, you know, Pav and I were living in an apartment together. Those were good times. I remember our first bunk bed. We found it in a dumpster. <laughs> Hallelujah. Covered it with Lysol. Praise God. Prayed over it and then just laid on that sucker. <laughs> Amen. It was fantastic. Those were the good old days, man. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, no, they weren't. <laughs> they were the weird days. Amen. <laughs> But I remember one time we were at Walmart and we're doing some grocery shopping. We're in the line, you know, we're buying milk and all that stuff. And, and there was this lady and she just looked like she was just having a tough time. And so I just asked her, I said, man, what's going on? You all right? And she's like, well, I just started my 10 hour shift and I got this blister in migraine. Well, guess what? Fellowshipping with God, full of the Holy Spirit, didn't have to force anything out. It just came up out of me. Can I pray with you? You ever said something and then you think about it after you say it? 
right? And you say it, and you're like, oh, man, what do I do now? And she looked at us, and she's like, yeah, you can pray for me. And so right there, you know, in Walmart, just reaching across the aisle, put my hands on her and just begin to pray with her. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for healing her. We know by his stripes she is healed. And, Father, I know you don't want her to work this eight-hour shift with a migraine, and so I just ask that you would take that from her because you are good. We ask for all of this in the name of Jesus. We open our eyes, and she's just smiling. Why? Because she said that she felt better. Her headache had left. But what was that? You have power inside of you. And fellowship with the Holy Spirit brings this power out of you. Listen to me. The world is too big for one preacher to reach. But when we all start doing it together, we can make a difference. Amen. So we have to understand that there's something inside of us and God wants to pull it out of us. Over here in John chapter 14, verses 12 through 14 out of the Message Bible, we all know this scripture, but out of the message, it highlights some things I want to look at. It says, believe me, I am my father. <clears throat> Hell yeah, now we really got to fly. I am in my father and my father is in me. You can believe that. Or if you can't believe that, believe what you see these works. So this is awesome insight, what the Lord's trying to show us. Instead of them just asking them to believe in Jesus, show them Jesus. Demonstrate Jesus unto them, and then they will believe. Amen? Because we have a lot of Thomases out in the universe. Unless I see, I will not believe. But you've got the power of the Holy Spirit. And so he says, the person who trusts me will not only do what I am doing, but even greater works, because I, on my way to the Father, am giving you the same work to do that I've been doing. You can count on it. From now on, whatever you request along these lines of who I am and what I'm doing, I will do it. Someone say, he'll do it. That's how the Father will be seen. Hallelujah. Listen to what he said right there. That's how the Father will be seen. For who he is in the Son. I meant it. Whatever your request is, I'll do it. Two things in here. People will believe in Jesus when we show them Jesus. And then also, that's how the Father will be seen amongst the people. Amen. We've got to get from the place to where we're no longer just telling people about Jesus, but we are demonstrating Jesus to them. Listen to this. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit gives us boldness to share the message, but it also gives us boldness to demonstrate the message. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit gives us boldness to share the message, but it also gives us boldness to demonstrate the message. Now, when you're out there in your work week and it's a, a normal week, there are many ways for you to demonstrate God to people. Whether it's listening, whether it's praying with somebody. You know, we were at the park just the other day. We took, you know, we, we got this park in our neighborhood. We love walking to it. And Samuel, he's just got this boldness about him. We're at the park and there's people there. And he's like, you should come to church with us. And he's just always sharing. We, we met this, this, these two young girls. One was Skylar and one was Brooklyn. And we found this robin's nest that fell. And, you know, it was awesome. We're playing with it and we're doing all this stuff. And then they're like, oh, we got to go home. It's like 7 o'clock. We got to go home. And Samuel's like, okay, bye. Nice meeting you. But you should come to church on Sunday. And then last night, you know, Grandma, she's over there, and she's babysitting the kids because we took the youth group up to Chattanooga yesterday. It was awesome. And, and, and Grandma's getting ready to leave, and Samuel goes, we'll see you at church tomorrow. What is he doing? He's always inviting people to church. And, and I'm watching this, and I'm like, man, I need to be more like my seven-year-old. 
It just doesn't care. You know, it's like the more, the older we get, the more dignified we become. Hallelujah. You need to get dignity out of you. And the way you do that is fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. You need to say, this is what Peter's problem was. He was so concerned about what people thought that he wouldn't even say he walked with Jesus. But when he met the Holy Spirit, all of his dignity, all of his pride went right out the window. And he said, let me introduce you to a man. See, we need to be the same way. And then he gets up and he starts preaching the message of Jesus Christ. And not only did he preach it, he demonstrated it. I'm telling you right now, the preachers aren't the only ones that should be proclaiming the message. We're not the only ones with healings in our hands. You got the same Jesus. You got the same Holy Ghost. And he'll demonstrate with you the same way he'll demonstrate with me. The question is, who's bold enough to do it? I believe you are. Everyone say, I can do it. I can do it. Hallelujah. And so we have to understand, you remember at the gate called Beautiful, you know, there was that lame man and who knows how many times they passed by him going into the temple. Who knows how many times they passed by him. And he was begging, you know, and he's shaking his little jar together. And what Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. What was he? Listen, fellowship. He just came from the upper room. He knew he had the Holy Spirit. He knew he had the power of God. Such as I have, let me give it to you. And then I love this. Remember, God through you will draw people to him. What happened after that man was raised up? The Bible says he walked with them into the temple, jumping, rejoicing, and praising God. Woo, you want to get people to come to church with you? Demonstrate God to them. When we start doing things that people can't deny, they'll be like, man, I got to go see this Jesus you're talking about. Why? Because he took my headache. Because he helped my family. And you can let God demonstrate through you when you fellowship with the Holy Spirit. They want to say fellowship. fellowship. And so we have to be full of God. And when we're full of God, he will pull stuff out of us that will draw people to him. Jesus said this in John 12, 32. And when I am lifted up from earth, I will draw people to myself. Amen. See, you can lift Jesus up at Walmart. Yeah, you sure can. You can lift Jesus up at work. Students, you can lift Jesus up at school. And when you lift Jesus up, when you demonstrate, when you're reading your Bible at the lunch table, what is that? That's a demonstration. When you're, when you're uh, you know, everyone's gossiping at work and you refuse to be a part of it, what is that? That's a demonstration. And when you begin to lift up God that way, God begins to draw people to himself. Amen. So the power of God in us will draw people to him. And that's what it's for. Now, over here in Galatians, I want to talk about the next thing, how fellowship with the Holy Spirit will keep the crud out of us. Go to Galatians 5, everyone's favorite passage. (laughs) Hallelujah. Galatians 5. And you're like, why is it everyone's favorite passage? We'll find out. Galatians 5. Starting in verse 16. The title of this is called Living by the Spirit's Power. So I advise you to live according to your new life in the Holy Spirit. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The old sinful nature loves to do evil, which is just the opposite from what the Holy Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us the desires that are opposite from what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, and your choices are never free from this conflict. 
So we have, you know, oh man, how, praise God, time. And so we, we have this fight and this struggle that's going on. We explain it to the students this way. Every decision you make is either a decision that draws you and pushes you closer to God or a decision that draws you and pushes you closer to the world. There's no gray area here and you're never free from this conflict. It's either a choice for the kingdom of darkness or a choice for the kingdom of light, amen? And these two things are fighting on the inside of you and they're opposite of each other. You know, I like to look at it this way. Over in 2 Corinthians 5.17, the Bible says that he has put a new spirit on the inside of you, right? He's given you a new spirit. Amen. All the old things are passed away. Behold, all things have been made new. I describe it this way. You know, let's say you got a car loan. And, and, and you know, you got a five-year loan. And then you're writing checks every single month to pay off that car. You're writing checks. You're writing checks. You're writing checks. You're writing checks, right? And then on the fifth year, the final day, you write a check. And that car's paid off. And they send you the title. You do a little dance in your living room, right? And then the next month comes around. And you write a check to the bank. And then the next month comes around, you write a check. Why are you still writing checks to the bank? It doesn't own the car anymore. See, and this is the way Christians are. Jesus gave you a new nature. Stop writing the devil checks. See, stop sin. We don't have to sin anymore. We've got a new nature. Adam's nature has been taken out of us, and God's put his very own nature on the inside of us. He's made us righteous and has reestablished us in his kingdom. He's grafted us to him, and we don't have to sin. Listen, if you sin, it's not because of Adam's nature. It's because of your bad choice. Why? Because the Bible says you've got a new nature, and sin doesn't live in that nature. What did Jesus tell the devil when he came and tempted him? He said, you can tempt me all you want. Sin has no place in me. See, that's the way we need to be. Sin has no place in me. How does that happen? You're so full of God, there's no room for anything else. Amen? So let's keep reading. And so we have to understand. Now, this is where we get, you know, uh, we, the, the God, Jesus came and he destroyed the works of the devil. I'm never going to have another struggle. Well, listen, what does that mean? When he said over there in 1 John that I came and destroyed the works of the devil, what that means, if you look that up, that word right there, destroyed, is luau. What it means is I've released you from the works of the devil. The works of the devil did not cease to exist in the world in which you live. Now, you turn on the TV, the devil's everywhere. Right? But you've been released from the work of the devil. Right? And now your members are no longer slaves to sin, but you're free to obey God. So over here, and, so, and we have to understand, so why did I say all that? We have to understand that this conflict is ongoing, and if we know that, then we can be aware to stay full so we choose rightly. Because it's no longer a nature issue, because our nature's been changed, it's a decision issue. It's a choice issue. Your choices are never free from this conflict, okay? And so I have to understand that. I've got, oh my goodness, praise the Lord. And what did he say? He said, listen, I've placed before you life and death. Now listen to the scripture. I, I read this a couple months back and I saw something I never saw. I've placed before you life and death. Now choose life. See, he's not saying it's a nature thing. He's saying it's a choice thing. Now catch the latter part of the scripture. Choose life so you and your descendants may live. We tell the teenagers all the time, listen, you choose life right now because it's affecting your children you don't have yet. Do not allow the sins of the father to fall onto the children. You choose life now. Amen. And you'll experience life and so will your descendants. So choosing life is important. Amen. And so we've got this inner struggle. The apostle Paul talks about this over in Rome 17 talks about how he knows what is right, but yet he does what is wrong. He wants to do what is right, but yet he's got, and so he's got this struggle going on. So let's keep reading. 
Hallelujah. Someone say, praise the Lord. But when you're directed by the Holy Spirit, you're no longer subject to the law. And when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, your lives will produce these evil results. Woo! And then he lists some stuff. <laughs> Hallelujah. And to save us from it, we'll just jump. Uh, well, we'll just read it. Hallelujah. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, your lives will produce these evil results. Sexual immorality, impure thoughts, eagerness, lustful pleasures, idolatry, participation in demonic activity. I'm blowing through them, so y'all don't. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hostility, quarreling, jealousies, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, divisions, the feeling that everyone is wrong except for those in your own little group. Envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other kinds of sin. Let me tell you again, as I've said before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, verse 22, hallelujah. But when the Holy Spirit, here's the key, controls our lives, he will produce this kind of fruit in us, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Here there's no conflict with the law. Now, Pastor Mark, in a couple weeks, is going to talk to you about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But I want to talk to you about how the Holy Spirit will keep this crud out of you. Amen. And so I've got this <clears throat> that I want to show you real quick. Now, this is the only picture I have, so if you ain't a Broncos fan, just get over it. <laughs> Hallelujah. I see you, JC, Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Broncos for life, baby. Check this out. Kapow! All right? Amen. Uh huh. That just happened. Glory to God. Mm hmm. Amen. Didn't see that coming, did you? So, when I'm reading that, this is the way the Holy Spirit showed me. He showed me every single one of those things that we just read about in Galatians 5, you know, drunkenness, wild parties, anger, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, all these things that he's reading are like these little ping pong balls and they're on the inside of us, right? And we work so hard to get them out. And but we can't keep them out. You know, listen to me. This is a struggle that we all face. I remember I just picked up Samuel from school. You know, I went to Carline, it was a couple weeks ago, and I picked him up and we're driving home, and all of a sudden he begins to share this story with me about how this kid, now he's in first grade, y'all, how this kid on the playground pushed him down and then tried to kick him. Now listen, I'm a good man. <laughs> I love the Lord. But I went zero to 60 like that. This scripture where he's talking about you are never free from this conflict, amen. You know, love, joy, and peace, all that stuff went out the window. And here comes anger, here comes wrath, here comes all this stuff. And I begin thinking in my head, number one, some little five-year-old's about to get a beating. <laughs> number two, I'm talking to staff. Number three, I'm calling mom and dad. Number four, son, you taking karate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Next time that happens, you're just gonna wobble chop someone right in the face. And you know, and so I have this inner monologue going on in my head. You know, I can see it on the playground. This little kid comes to push Samuel, and he's like, not today, you know, and just throws him over his shoulder. And ah! I mean, I have this playing out in my head, right? Listen, we are never free from this. It's always going on. And so as I'm thinking all this, and I'm about to tell Samuel, dad's plan, <laughs> I'm going to lay it out. Hallelujah. And I'm about to utter it. And then all of a sudden, from the back of the car, Samuel goes, dad, we should pray for him. Yeah, and so, like, it was great because all of a sudden I was like, not only did he choose rightly, but I'm winning as a parent. You know what I mean? Yeah! Well done, son. And so I'm just going to keep all this stuff inside. You don't ever need to know what dad was thinking. That is the right answer. And we will pray for him, you know? And that night, it was, as a parent, it was a little day. Bless him, you know. Bless him, or get it. No, just easy. But, you know, and we prayed for him. Hallelujah. Out of the mouths of babes, amen. Childlike faith. 
And so, but it's so interesting. We think that we're never going to have to fight these things, but we do. But the good news is, is we don't fight them alone. Listen to me. The world is really good at filling us with stuff that God doesn't want in us. And on your own power and your own strength, you can't get these out of you. Right? And, and Pastor mentioned it a little bit last week. When we try to get them out of us, that's just works. And nothing happens really by works. It's just a Band-Aid. But when something happens by the supernatural power of God, it's permanent. Amen? And so this, as the Bible describes as the Holy Spirit, the water of the Holy Ghost. Watch what happens when we pour it into this vessel. Now look, the things that I struggled to get out of my life on my own that were so rooted inside of me that I couldn't get out, just by fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit, they were easily pushed to the top. Right? And what's so cool about this is then, when one, as long as I stay full, as long as I stay full now, see, when one of them tries to come back and get back inside of me, what happens? It can't stay in me. And this is why Jesus was able to say, sin has no part. It can't get inside of you when you're full of God. When you've got the infilling of the Holy Spirit and you're fellowshipping with him, the works of the flesh have, the works of the flesh have no point to exist in your life. You haven't given them any room. Hallelujah. And so we have a responsibility. Everyone say, I have a responsibility. Now, fellowship with the Holy Spirit and fellowship with God is something that your pastor can't do for you. We tell students all the time, listen, it's something your mom and dad can't do for you. Fellowship with him is something that you have to do for yourself. And when you do, he will supernaturally push these things out of you. Hallelujah. I want to read this scripture to you over in John 14, 30. It's the scripture I quoted a moment ago. He says, I will not speak much more with you. This is Jesus speaking. For the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing. Everyone say nothing. And he has nothing in me. Now, you look that up and you study it out in the Elcott's commentary. He said this, these words are to be taken in their full and absolute meaning. And they assert that the prince of this world possesses nothing in the person of Christ. The prince, listen to his word, the prince of this world possesses nothing. Everyone say nothing. nothing. The prince of this world possesses nothing in the person of Christ. Well, guess what? You are now the person of Christ. Because remember, you've been grafted back to him. Over in John 15, he talks about this. If you are in me and I am in you, <laughs> then my words be in you and I am in you. Listen, we are the person of Christ in the earth today. Over in 1 Corinthians 3.16, or uh, 3.6, yeah, 16 and, and 9.16 or 6.19 or something, it's there, Google it. Hallelujah. It says, how be it know ye not that you are the temple of what? The Holy Spirit. And so now you can say this with confidence. You can say that the prince of this world has nothing in the person of Christ. In him, he has never for a moment ruled. Amen. We've got to stop letting the devil have rule in our lives. We don't let him have rule for a moment. No matter what doctor's report we face, no matter what teachers are saying about our students, 
No matter what's going on with our family, no matter what's going on with our job, we do not let the devil have a moment of rule in our lives. No matter what it looks like, you say, uh-uh, I've got a different report. I've got the good news, and this is the way it's going to be because I am the person of Christ. I am in Christ Jesus, and Jesus is in me. And so, devil, you no longer have any rule. This territory now belongs to him. And because it belongs to him, I am free to obey him and free to serve him. Over in Ephesians 5.18, it says this, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled. Everyone say filled. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I will say this, and this is the absolute truth. I have never wanted to sin when I was praying in the Holy Ghost. When I'm activating my spirit, man, and I'm fellowshipping with God's spirit, and I'm praying, this is why the infilling of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues is so powerful because it's an activation process for the spirit of, listen, there's a, you're three-part beings, hallelujah. I know I don't have to explain this to you, but you have a body, you have a soul, and you have a spirit, amen. And your spirit's gonna live forever. Your body from dust it was made, from dust it's gonna return, but your spirit man's gonna live forever. That's the eternal part of your being. And we need to spend our daily lives in communication with the eternal part of our beings. So that way over in Romans 8, 14, where it says the children of God are led by the Spirit of God as you fellowship with Him. You're giving the Spirit man control. Not your mind, your will, and your emotions. Not your body. Your spirit man's in control. But your spirit man will never be in control if you don't fellowship with God's Holy Spirit. I challenge you. The next time the flesh is starting to act up and you feel like having an outburst of anger, or following the desires, because the flesh is what the flesh is. I don't know why we try to put a bow tie on it and make it something that's not. Listen, the flesh is ugly and it has desires. It's up to you to keep those in check. But God will help you if you rely on the Holy Spirit. So the next time you have some lustful thoughts, begin praying in the Holy Ghost and watch what happens. See, the Bible says, let me take every thought captive and make it subject to the law of Christ. There's many ways to do that. Reading the word of God's one way, quoting the word of God's one way, and then also praying by the Spirit's another way. I'm not going to med meditate on those negative thoughts. I'm going to pray by the Holy Ghost. I'm going to pray in the Spirit right now. Now, lots of people, they don't understand praying in, in tongues. Just because we don't understand it doesn't mean it's not real. Now, there may be some people, I use this illustration all the time, there may be some people in here that speak Spanish, but I don't. <laughs> I barely speak English, y'all. I mean, hallelujah. But when I, go, when I go to Ecuador and I got an interpreter, you know, they, they take my English and they interpret it into Spanish, and I don't understand what they're saying, but does that mean Spanish is not a real language? No, Spanish very much is a real language. Just because it doesn't make sense to Robert doesn't mean it's not real. Listen, your spirit man has a language, a heavenly language, and that heavenly language will help you. If you let him speak it through you, now you gotta yield to him, and I don't know why people are afraid of yielding to God. When you yield to God, only good things come from it now. Hallelujah, when you pray by the Holy Spirit, man, I've been doing this, and I challenge you to do it. Every time, now I only got a seven minute drive to work, but every time I get in the car, I turn off the radio, I pray in the Spirit. I mean, I gotta deal with Cody every day. <laughs> Praying the Holy Ghost is a big deal, hallelujah. Listen, start cutting stuff out of your life. You don't need as much radio as you think you need. I, I dare to say this, you know, 
Last night, it's awesome. I was laying in bed and just, you know, done preparing for the service, done praying, done, done, done everything. And just laying in bed, and there's just this tug. Just go fellowship. You start fellowshipping with God, you'll find out real quick there's a lot of things in your life you really don't need. Your flesh may want it, but you really don't need it. Be full of Him. I gotta share this last scripture with you guys. I have so many more notes that we didn't get to. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Now I read this scripture many times, but uh, Miss Gail and, and Mr. Miller, they read this in the children's class and when they read it, it just jumped out to me and I've been on this scripture since they read it. I love this. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, I amplified. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through. That is, separate you from profane and vulgar things, make you pure and whole and undamaged, consecrated to him, set apart for his purpose. And may your spirit and soul and body be kept complete and be found blameless. Someone say blameless. <laughs> and be found blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. How does this happen? Fellowship. Let God keep you. Let God protect you. Let God sanctify you. Stay full of Him. And when you stay full of Him, this stuff can't get back into you. We hope you're inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Seawall Madison. We believe God is working within you, and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.